We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Big event tonight. Tonight. Tonight's the night. Tonight. 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 Um, big event tonight. Going to be talking wealth and income, income and retirement, preserving your wealth, other issues along those lines that are super, super important to know about, to acknowledge, to learn from, and uh, hopefully, you know, always be pushing forward. This has been an angry stock market, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is it's very moody and it's very tough to predict. A lot like someone who might be on the angry side of the, the, the earth, so to speak. Um, it's a volatile market. It's a market that moves one direction in the morning and another direction in the afternoon, thus giving some people a little bit of whiplash, but nothing hopefully too bad. Um, hopefully you're paying attention and you're not getting freaked out is the idea. So anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. So big event coming up tonight. Going to be um, talking a little stock market. In Foster City, Crown Plaza, 6.30 to 8.30. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Hit us on your way home. It's $25 to get in, but it's free. If you use the code RADIO25, that's RADIO25. Watching the stock market right now is like watching a bouncing ball. Uh, lots of headline banter at this point in the game, which I know has probably got a couple people more than frustrated. Um, Bill Gates said something pretty interesting, and I think this is my first note of the day to talk about, he says, we will have another financial crisis at some point in time. And ultimately, I couldn't agree more. Watch the stock market right now. History does repeat itself, and you kind of have to go with that a little bit. Yesterday is a prime example of you know the headline banter and Trump and prostitutes and payoffs and Russians and 10-year interest rate. And 
the jobs number, which is going to be oh so important tomorrow morning, but not so much today. Um, yesterday we were slipping. Today we're strengthening. Uh, with that said, let's not get too caught up and just say you know we're two months into the year, and right now we're not getting much other than volatility. Wednesday session ended with a sigh of relief, so to speak, as you know market participants do. You had House Press Secretary Sanders said that there could be potential carve-outs for Mexico and Canada if there's a steel and aluminum tariff. So basically, we're not going into a trade full-on trade war with steel and aluminum. We'll let Mexico dump steel and Canada could dump steel. Of course, China's dumping steel in Canada and Mexico, so China could still dump their steel, just not directly in the United States. And that's a little bit of a reprieve. And that's a little bit of good news, right? Um, I wish I could make this stuff up. You know, the tariff thing is kind of a carrot and stick. And I get it. I get that, you know, trade deals made 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, probably needed a little update with some modern manufacturing and some modern robotics and some modern, you know, concepts of how much are we scratching each other's back, how much are you getting out of it, how much are we getting out of it. Um, are we getting a, low, a lower, lower quality of life or a better quality of life? Uh, is our productivity going up because you can make Nikes for, you know, $45 for a pair of shoes in Asia versus making them for 100 And, you know, what is Nike going to charge? The ECB left its key policy rates unchanged as expected. Yet its directive dropped the declaration that the governing council stands ready to increase the size and duration of its asset purchase program if necessary. A lot like the United States, we've got the Federal Reserve, and they've done a very nice job of telling us exactly what they're going to do if certain conditions are going to be met. And if those conditions are met in the economic data, they do exactly what they say they're going to do. And uh, it creates a lot of transparency. It's funny now that that word is so used in Southwest marketing. I always want to call it, say transparency. And I'm like, no, don't be that guy. Express, Express Scripts is in the news today. Um, they're buying Cigna, or Cigna's buying them. Cigna's made a $67 billion cash and stock offering and the, with the assumption of debt to acquire the pharmacy benefit manager. A lot of people think this has to do with companies like Walmart that got into prescription drugs. Companies like Target that got into prescription drugs, but most importantly, companies like Amazon that might get into prescription drugs. Costco and Kroger, uh, neither one had a great quarter. Um, Kroger's talking about growing 1% to 2%. That's the problem with grocery stores is they kind of grow with our waistlines. Um, not very much, but slowly but surely. China checked in with some solid trade results this morning for February that were influenced by Lunar New Year dynamics. Import growth was a bit disappointing, up 6.3% year-over-year, but export growth soared 44.5%. Closer to home, we had initial claims for the week ending March 3rd, increased by 21,000 to 231,000. Any number under 350,000 is a pretty good number. So we feel that the employment continuing claims continue, and first-time unemployment claims continue to support 
a pretty decent job report tomorrow. Claims reports will be glossed over for a few reasons, in large part because it doesn't have anything to do with uh, the employment situation report for February, which will be released tomorrow morning. That is a much bigger market mover of a story than um, unemployment, unemployment claims and Wednesday's ADP job creation. So... Wow, the headline on Yahoo this morning, as dictators tighten their grip, Trump has no response. Wow. The headlines are pretty scary these days. I hope you realize that. They're probably pretty scary most days, most years, and we just forget about it because at one point in time we were children riding bikes, and that's where our head goes to. So Whoa. that's out there. There's my man. So, um, but yeah, you know, like the year of 9-11, we all think of that as terrorism, right? 9-11-01. But that summer in August, it was the year of the shark. Um, throwing that out there for you. One of the things that I like in buying stocks are stocks that pay dividends. And every year... At you know, this time of year when I'm doing my taxes, I take a look at my dividend statements, my ones that are tied towards um, taxable accounts and ones that are tied towards a non-taxable. And I always think about the little extra money that my money made for me with dividends. So if I owned a share of Nike and it paid a 2% dividend yield and I owned $100 and it paid me $2, I go, woo I did nothing this year and I found $2 on the road picking that baby up. So always consider dividends as income. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about income in retirement tonight because when you can't work, you need those dividends working for you. And there's names like Verizon and AT&T. One's a better grower than the other one. Um, there's a lot going on there. But you can learn more about tonight's big event coming out. San Mateo. You can sign up for the event in Foster City at the Crown Plaza by going to Rob Black Show at 630 to 830 tonight. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Last chance. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I saw recently that Fox said that they would like to get down to two minutes of commercial time during a one-hour broadcast. That's pretty crazy, right? Because doesn't it feel like it's six minutes of content, three minutes of commercial, ten minutes of content, five minutes of commercial? Like, I've been working with commercials in radio and television my whole life. And to hear that, you know, one of the big networks wants to get down to two minutes, it's like, whoa. Oh, yeah, the... Online streaming is kind of eating their lunch, right? 
And NBC Universal said something kind of cool. They said, we've been stuffing content with ads for way too long. And as video or as viewing, I guess viewing videos, viewing content shifts to digital and video on demand platforms, you got to reduce your commercial loads. Now, media executives, you know, they used to back in the 90s and early 2000s, they would criticize platforms like Facebook and Google um, and streaming and like, oh, who wants, you know, this horrible experience when you can get professionally produced content? And, well, out it went. So transparency came in, and streaming is a big, big story. you got to make TV more like digital TV, and you got to remove clutter and figure out a way to make money off of it. So media companies are speaking up against the dominance of Facebook and Google now, where that's where the ad dollars are going. So it's interesting to note that there's always stories out there. And there's always rumors out there. And one of the big ones that I've been hearing recently is that Apple should buy Snap. And this was in Vanity uh, Fair article. Oh, Snap. Which you go, why would Vanity Fair um, be putting together an investment piece? It's... In large part, it's kind of the you know what's happening in the lifestyle right now that you could kind of see. Um, and what I mean by that, you could kind of see that uh, Snap is very much so growing leaps and bounds. And uh, you know everyone kind of hates Facebook. Apple hates Facebook, even though Facebook's used by a lot of Apple hardware users to see their pictures every day. So over the past few weeks, Snap has moved their headquarters just a few miles in Los Angeles from Venice Beach Boardwalk to a massive 300,000-square-foot space in Santa Monica in a business park. Uh, In theory, Snap has grown even further if you go back a couple years from a single dorm room to a smattering of office buildings collected amongst the weed shops and bodybuilders of the grimy boardwalk. Now they're basically a block away from Santa Monica Airport, which allows for Gulf Streams and bombardiers and, you know, private jets to to fly in with venture capitalists and say, hey, can we do a deal together? Now, for years, people have been speculating that Apple should buy Twitter. Um, and not so fast, you know. Uh, Apple, you know, certainly tried, and they couldn't get any any sort of thing going with something called Ping, which was their social network. Ping. Do you remember Ping? But Snap would be an interesting one because I saw a picture the other day of a hockey fan who's sitting right next to the penalty box and he's doing a snap of a hockey player and he's putting like a female wig on the hockey player, making him look pretty. And it kind of dawned on me. You know, Tim Cook has been pushing augmented reality, augmented reality, augmented reality in the iPhone 10, and no one's really buying it. No one's really saying, you know, ooh, that's a must-have feature. But Snap, their whole model is on, you know, text that disappear, really fast news, and taking pictures and putting different lenses on them to make you look funny, augmented reality. 
So a lot of people are now starting to say, you know, Apple's got $900 billion market valuation. They've got $300 billion cash. Snap's got a market cap of $22 billion. Would it make sense for Apple to stick with the augmented reality plan and go with Snap? And then that would give them a whole new business, advertising, um, that they don't currently cover terribly well. And they've said that they don't terribly want to cover it. And would it be too big of an acquisition for Apple? Would they want to do it? You know, Apple would be able to say, we want Snap to roll into just our phones, our Apple phones. Or they could keep it on Google devices as well. They could make, you know, the iOS version of Snap far better, releasing new hidden features that some kids are obsessed with. For iPhones first and offering specialized augmented reality features that would only work on Apple's platforms. Snap once got into spectacles. And Apple once filed a patent that looked incredibly a lot like Spectacles. Snap kind of said something stupid a couple of years ago when they said they were a camera company. And Wall Street like, what do you mean you're a camera company? You're supposed to be a millions of billions of users platform advertising company, not a camera company. But both of them hate Facebook. And Facebook, the moment Snap comes out with something, copies the features almost instantly. Relentless copying. So this is the deal that do you think it could happen? I would love for your feedback. Send me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Evan Spiegel has proven time and time again that he is a genuine product CEO. He wants to keep people excited. Um, a lot of companies have tried to roll up businesses. A lot of companies like you know Nintendo dominated the video games market, and Xbox and Sony came in and said, thank you very much. Uh, Adobe and Microsoft Expression Studio, Google with Bing. Um, and there's so many more of companies that are trying to just monopolize each other and cannibalize each other and push each other away. You know, sometimes it helps to team up with a company that also doesn't like your other company, Facebook. So would there be World War Three if Apple acquired Twitter or if Apple acquired Snap? Probably not. That's not going to end the world. Bots aren't going to suddenly light skies up with nuclear bombs. Um, although it would make for a, a fun finish. Snap doesn't have all the problems in the world. It isn't filled with fake news nor you know vitriol between its users. I hate getting on Facebook because I hate seeing my friends talk about politics. It is, it is the most unattractive thing I've ever seen. Um, so Snap doesn't have that problem. If Apple doesn't buy Snap, it might turn around and regret it. If Snap can manage to defend itself against the copy-and-paste attack of Zuckerberg, Snap could very well end up competing with Apple for teens' eyeballs. Oh, both Apple and Snap love teenagers. That's worthy of note. Big event coming up tonight. Hopefully you can make it out because I'm putting in a long day for you to talk investing more. Going to be at Foster City's Crown Plaza, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning. Tonight, 6.30 to 8.30. Get set up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in tonight.
comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Arcade Fire with everything now. It's good for that Saturday or Sunday at home cleaning where you want to get rid of clothes or books or something, right? Because you don't need everything now. We live in that world where we want it, right? We need it. Got to have it. Must have it. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. In town to do a big event tonight, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, March 8th. Look at the calendar, that's today. 6.30 to 8.30, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Registration is $25. Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. Going to talk about portfolio accumulation, passive versus active portfolio management, right accounts to draw from, minimizing your taxes, Social Security strategies, and much, much more. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Chad, how are you? Good. Had bulletproof coffee today, so I'm feeling pretty good. Bulletproof <laughs> coffee. Um, I've not joined the f- the fad of bulletproof coffee yet. I'm staying away from it because I don't do everything. <laughs> how much stuff do You're you think? You're not a coffee like, drinker, though, are you? I am a coffee drinker, um, like one cup a day. I'm not a hardcore yeah. coffee drinker. So what did you think about my, my opening thought on minimalism and how much money we waste buying things that we don't need? Oh my gosh, it's it, I mean it's a it's an epidemic in this country. I mean, we have 42% of the people out there that are uh, over 40 years old have less than $10,000 in their 401k. I mean, we see these surveys all the time. I'm not sure what's right, you know, but you run into people all the time that aren't even putting enough into their 401k to get the match. Um and a lot of it is because people try to get into real estate that they can't really afford. Um, and they stress out their family, they stress out their lives, and they ruin their savings plan. Um, and they think, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll just start my 401k next year after I get into this house. And the next year they do furniture, and then the year after that they do a remodel, and they just don't, they don't save. So I think this kind of push back to minimalism is is good if people put the money somewhere else, like in the stock market. I'm hearing more and more people use the word minimalist. Um, and I don't know if it's a thing coming from millennials or if it's just people, you know, coming to terms with, we got too much junk in our house. Uh, changing topics, speaking of our house, I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton. He'll be in the house tonight, retirement income strategies, um, wealth preservation. Michelle Lerman will be there. Uh, Foster City Crown Plaza Hotel, super easy to get to right off 92, easy parking. People could sign up right now by going to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, and um, using code radio25. Let's talk a little bit about real estate in the Bay Area. Um, yeah. Is that something you're going to talk about tonight? Yeah, I mean, the questions always come up. And, you know, you kind of say, all right, what are you talking about? Are you talking about your home or rental properties? Because when we talk about rental properties, they're outside of your portfolio. So your rental properties, you almost have to look at them if you own them as a business. Is it a good business? Does it have good positive cash flow? Does it have tax benefits? Um, your home is your biggest liability until you sell it, right? Because you have to maintain it. You have to remodel it. You have to put a new roof on. Really, the key is, is in either scenario, you have to do long-term, very detailed cash flow projections, which include things like taxes and inflation. 
so that if you know when you're going to run out of your liquid assets, the money in your 401k, your IRA, your Roth, your taxable account, at what point will you either need to tap your home by either selling and downsizing and moving or a reverse mortgage? At what point in life will you need to do that? And because the Bay Area is very expensive to live, you know, a lot of people are shocked when you show them, okay, at this rate, if you add in inflation, um, when you're 86 years old, your, your normal assets are going to be you know, close to being depleted. So you're either going to have to hit, hit, do a reverse mortgage or sell it. And people that say, okay, well, I have liquid assets and I have a couple rental properties, maybe two or three rental properties, same thing. You do a long-term cash flow projection. You say, okay, when are your liquid assets going to run low? And you, at that point in time, you're either going to have to tap equity in your home, one of your rental properties, or sell something. And it's really key in real estate to know when you have to sell something because real estate cycles just like the stock market. It just doesn't move quite as fast. You can kind of see you know, the upticks coming, you can see the downturns coming a little bit easier in the stock market, which you don't ever be, you know, nobody can call that. Um, and you want to know a good five to seven years in advance of when you have to sell real estate so that you can say, okay, well, we're at the top of a market right now. I might as well sell it now versus waiting three years until I have to sell it in the middle of a 2008 crisis. Interesting. <laughs> Any thoughts on um, Prop 13? And using that to your advantage in retirement planning? Yeah, so, you know, we have big office in Vancouver, Washington, which is right across from Portland, Oregon. There's just no state income taxes in Washington. So a lot of people in California, oh, I'll go, you know, I'll move out of the Bay Area and I'll move to somewhere like Washington or Nevada, Arizona. Um, When it comes to, say, Washington, for example, or Idaho, um, Californians have an issue with (laughs) leaving the sun especially in in the Northwest from September to about June. (laughs) So um, when you sell that home in California, if you're sitting there on a, you know, $1.5, $2 million home and you're paying $1,300 a year in property taxes, you might want to run it out for a while before you make the final decision to leave. Because once you leave, you can't go back and take advantage of that Prop 13 issue. And a lot of people say that they're going to downsize and move somewhere else. Um, and if they have really, really low property taxes, you might get, you know, a third of the house, you know, twice the house for a third of the cost in another area, but your property taxes might be six or $7,000 a year instead of 13. And retirees, Rob, don't pay as much in California state taxes as they think. People have pretty decent income. Their effective yield, the effective tax rate in California tends to be six and a half, seven percent all in. So before you make those major decisions, first of all, don't ever make them, you know, in a fire sale situation where you have to. So know well in advance. And then you really have to do some tax modeling and cash flow modeling to make sure you're making the right decision versus some rash decision where you sell your home in the Bay Area and then, you know, you never get to take advantage of that Prop 13 again. It's interesting to know just how much things change. And uh, California tends to take care of, of a lot of people. And that's where a lot of the property taxes and things like that, you know, get into people's head and get people kind of crazy and retirement issues. And like you said, uh, make sure you kind of know what you're doing before you start pulling plugs in retirement, which is one of the reasons why we do these events and why they're so good for so many people. The Retirement Income Strategies and State Planning Seminar is that, you know, you can start asking questions. Um, 
you know, I have a loved one in my life that I'm like, where do you want to be in five years? What do you want to do in five years? What do you want to do in 10 years? And Californians just kind of don't want to do anything like not make big decisions. <laughs> this is the answer. And I think uh, <laughs> these events are very, very super important for you to start thinking about things. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, sign up for the free seminar tonight. Well, it's a $25 seminar, but get in free using code radio25. It's radio25, 630 to 830. We'll both be there kind of early if people want to show up early and have questions that are too shy to ask. But uh, a lot of questions are asked as well. So, Mr. Burton, moving forward, we've got a minute or two left. Um, how about rental properties in retirement? What's your feeling on on being a landlord in retirement? You got to analyze these things. I mean, people, some of the purchases that have been made in the last two years, people are buying, you know, condos in Palo Alto for a million and a half. And by the time they pay all of their, even if they buy it in cash, if they're wealthy enough to do that, by the time they pay their property taxes, their um, management fees, their HOAs, or condo fees, and everything else—they're getting about a two and a half percent yield because they paid so much for it. That's a horrible deal. So you, you have to analyze each property. But if you have had rental income, uh, rental properties for a long, long period of time, don't count them as part of your investment portfolio. They're small business and the small business that has income. So what we do with the income is we usually take a portion of it and say, okay, this is pretty dependable income. Let's say if you have a fourplex, maybe they're always 75% rented out or something. And that income can reduce your safe money requirements because it's pretty dependable. So it's kind of individual, Rob. There's a couple different ways to look at it. You just have to have a financial plan. Sounds good. Speaking of financial plans and having these you know, motivations to do it, um, there's so much in the world of finances that we're just never taught. You know, We're never taught what a mortgage is until we go out and get our first mortgage. We never think about things in retirement until they crop up, like do you need a car, do you need a roof, um, cash flow, things along those lines. What's one of the things that stuck with you through the years of doing these seminars? And we're doing one tonight in the Crown Plaza, 630 to 830. What's one of the things that stands out to you? It's, it's interesting that you've already noted people always bring up real estate. They always do. And I didn't think of it that way, but it always comes up. You're right. Yeah, I mean, if you, I guess if I, you know, tell people that are younger, what kind of mindset do you have to get in? Is is always put ten to fifteen percent in your four hundred one k from the beginning. And now, younger people, I'm saying, make sure you fund the Roth four hundred one k because I think taxes will be higher in fifteen or twenty years, and you want that tax free growth. And then start saving as soon as you can another ten percent in just a taxable account and a normal index fund. So you do that in your 20s and 30s. By the time you're 40, you'll have liquid assets outside of your retirement accounts that will allow you to start shopping for good, positive cash flow real estate. And you just start accumulating assets that pay you every month or every quarter. Thanks very much. CFP Chad Burton, meet him tonight. Let me do a long plug. You can go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, hit events, get some downloadables on pillars of income and retirement planning. But tonight, 6.30 to 8.30, Crown Plaza, Hotel Foster City, Foster City, California. It's $25, but you can get in free using the code RADIO25. Transitioning your portfolio, passive versus active management. How much do you need? That's a darn good question. I get that one all the time. How much do I need to retire? You can find out more information by going to the event tonight, newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up using code RADIO25. See you in Redwood City tonight, uh, Foster City tonight.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the concepts I've brought up a couple times today is minimalism, living with less. And one thing you could do to make more money is to look at your budget and figure out what you can live with less of. Do you have an old gym membership? Do you have an old magazine subscription that you're not really reading anymore? Um, find it in your budget. Good budget tool is mint.com, M-I-N-T.com. There's more professional, hardcore ones out there. Um, it's out there. Amazon's entry into healthcare may have just narrowed uh, with the Cigna Express Scripts deal. So the big boys are getting bigger to try to keep the small guy from becoming a big boy. Um, and the target that Amazon could have gone after was Cigna because they're the kind of the small guys. And uh, Express Scripts and Cigna, you know, getting together. It's interesting to note. It's out there, right? Um, Jamie Dimon says Gary Cohn's resignation from the White House is terrible. Some of the bankers, they're, they're pretty interesting people. Like, if you're to have baseball cards, you get the idea of baseball cards. I get the feeling, right? Um, rookie card, Buster Posey, maybe has a career Hall of Fame year, a couple years row, wins a couple World Series, and suddenly that card's worth more. Gary Cohn would have his own card if bankers had baseball cards or banker cards. As would Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan. Jamie Dimon said the news that the White House chief advisor Gary Cohn's departure from the Trump administration is unfortunate. He says, I think it's terrible. I think Gary's a very strong proponent of economic growth. Is quite bright and knowledgeable. I think he was good to have in the White House, not as, a, as the press writes to defend Wall Street. Um, he knows how an economy runs. He knows what needs to be done to make it healthier for all Americans. He's not there. It's unfortunate. So Jamie Dimon's remark are a bit stronger than what Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein said. Uh, Gary Cohn deserves credit for serving his country in a first-class way. I'm sure I joined many others who are disappointed to see him leave, Blankfein said. But these are all pretty powerful guys. And they, they do, in my opinion, and this is what stinks about working in news, in financial news on television, I work in a very – there's two types of politics. There's Democrats and there's there's liberals who hate Democrats. There's no Republicans. So if you have a conservative idea, good luck to you. And economically speaking, I think I'm pretty conservative. I like saving for my own retirement because uh, I don't think the government's going to do it for me. I want to get as much bang for my buck as I can. I don't want the rules to change. I don't want home ownership to be taken away. I kind of, you know, I like knowing what I'm getting into. But J.P. Morgan, co-president today, he warns of a deep correction for stocks totaling as much as 40% over the next few years. He says the equity market has some way to go for the next year or two. But then if there is a correction, it could be a deep correction. Those are the things that you want to watch. What are the things? 
Um, central bank activity tends to be where, in his mind, it's a potential pitfall for markets. If the central bank goes a little too far, a little too fast, um, it can cause things to tighten up. Your car needs oil. The economy needs cash. And when you make the cost of cash more and more expensive, it can tighten up. It can freeze up. But he's calling for a potential 40% correction. Now, I think things are as good as they can get right now. So I am starting to say, can things get better? And I, I don't see it. I think things can go sideways. I think things can get marginally better. I think some sectors could outperform. I think valuations are pretty high. I think we're counting a lot on the consumer in the next two to three years. I think, and the consumer has jobs according to their uh, employment numbers. But the central bank, if they just continue to look at the jobs and, and inflation, how far and how fast do they go? It's a really big question at this point in time. And do we deserve a 40% correction? I think we kind of do. Because we ha- we've been unabated on the up. I'm not saying we're going to get one. I'm starting to see some flags. I'm starting to see things like trade wars, potential trade wars. Um, I saw, I think Finland has come up with an exploding landmine. It jumps in there and explodes because they don't want to be invaded by Russia. And I'm like, do we really live in this day and age where we're talking about invasion by Russia? I'm going to put that on my checklist of things that can go bad. Uh, oil's been pretty under control. You know, was it too cheap when it got down to the high 30s? Yeah. Was it too expensive in the 80s, 90s, 100s, 120, 130, 150? Yeah. Um, does it start becoming a problem right around 80, 70 to 80? Yes. Um, is it manageable in the 50 to $60 range? It is. But these are flags that I start putting up, and I hope you do too. I think it's super important that we, we don't act naive. Um, I think you have to come up with best-case and worst-case scenarios. Bitcoin drops t- today over increased scrutiny of exchanges. It's down 16% from its high this week. You had some people come out and say, um, in Japan, they suspended operations at two relatively small exchanges, BitStation and FSHO. And you had a U.S. congressman talk about how ICOs are a problem. So Bitcoin, too dramatic for me. And there's nothing backing it. So I'm bothered by that. Anyway, big event coming up tonight. Retirement planning event, income strategies and estate planning. Michelle Lerman, myself, Tony Mendez from Bay Area Loan Source, CFP Chad Burton. Talk about your portfolio. It's going to be tonight, 630 to 830, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. You can sign up at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. Use code radio25 to get in for free.